corn. Woo. Uh, uh. Yes, yes. Chop popcorn. You're welcome to episode 28 of Popcorn. Now, I didn't put out uh, an episode last week only because I dropped a song, the UFC Anthem Part 1, meaning there's going to be many more parts. Please uh, take yourself over to Bandcamp, www.bandcamp.com and go get that joint. Go get that joint. It's hot. Go get that joint. And also, I have a couple of goodies, more than a couple of goodies, like 25 projects. 25 albums, Mode 9 albums or and EPs, 25, and there are a whole bunch of them that you guys haven't heard. So, they're in uh, my band camp right now, but what I did was I made them private. Uh, let's see how um, the UFC anthem is going then. If it's going pretty good, I might reward all my fans by putting out the other albums on Bandcamp. It's all good though. UFC Anthem emailed it to a whole lot of people and they're really feeling it. The feedback is crazy. So, um, episode 28, what are we going to talk about? I might talk about that one time. That one time I traveled to PH with FaZe. That was crazy. Shout out to my boy LD Extra Large. Extra Large from SWAT Root. This is Lockdown Dombin. He's from Joss. Yeah, but shout out to LD, the LD Extra Large. That's my homie. He was uh, working at Rhythm at that time. He sent uh, me a message. I think uh, I was working at Rhythm too. That was uh, during the times I put out um, Malcolm IX. Malcolm IX was buzzing. I was getting messages all over the place. I even got a message from a group of guys. That was the funniest one. I wish I could record. I could have recorded it back then. But... I didn't. That was a funny message. The guy said, my, my nan, my pep is filling you. Then I was like, yeah, thank you. No, 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 you don't understand. My bib, my own bib, my bib is filling you. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I guess I've told this story before, so I'm not gonna, you know. But that was one of the funniest, weirdest, weird. That was so weird because the guy was like, and I was like, thank you. They was like, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I got one call from um, some guys in Togo, Lume. You know, their English wasn't really good, but they were, you know, they respected the art form. I got another call from a dude that raps in the in America. He's a Nigerian guy. So he sent me a message then. He just said he saw the back of the back of the, the, the CD sleeve. When I was doing the CD sleeve, it was my boy, Stramborella, and my homie, Kwame. I told them, hey, are you guys going to act as contacts? Can I put your number on the back of my CD? And they were like, yeah. Nobody knew that this, this project was going to go poof. Nobody knew. I was just putting it out. And we were like, yeah, yeah, just put it. 
Like Kwame said, the, the number of calls he still gets. He saw me some years ago and he was telling me, this is 2004 we put out this project. He was telling me he's still getting phone calls and email and messages because of that one album. Even Strambolera, when he saw me, he was like, ah, Modan, you don't spoil my number. Everybody just, they call me. Nobody knew that that was going to happen. We just, it was, Malcolm AX was just a bunch of songs I hurriedly put together and just dumped them on Tito's uh, desk and then got my boy Chooks to design the album art. It wasn't that deep, but I guess it became deep. Now back to the lecture at hand. I was talking about LD inviting me and Faith to um, Port Harcourt to perform at a university show. I think it was Uniport, you know. That was a crazy show. And the thing is, he was like, yo, guys, I don't really have much money. It's my personal show. You know, LD is my boy. So I just, no problem, man. Just And then Faith too, Faith has a relationship with LD too. So he was like, oh, that's cool, man. We went, we did the show. People thought we were being paid, but nah. But funny enough, after the show, LD still came to our hotel rooms to give us some money. And I was like, wow, I didn't even expect that. That show was mad because after the show, we got invited to one politician's house. I'm not gonna say his name, but the guy's house, it was bomb proof. Bomb proof, <laughs> like grenade proof, actually. I'm sure if they drop one of those massive Spitfire bombs, <laughs> it'll be over. But this house was a crazy looking house. And everybody says <clears throat> one thing about that guy. There's no way that you can come and visit him that he won't give you money. <clears throat> so I'm not going to mention the guy that took all the money. The person that was like saying, let's go, let's go. <clears throat> I'm not mentioning his name. At the end of the day, probably we found out that the guy took money on top of our head. Me and Face, he took money from the guy, you know, and didn't give us nothing. So that's one of those days, one of those times when you're, you know, being an artist and the, the ups and downs come. Sometimes you're gonna, you make a whole bunch of money and you probably will be the last person to know that you made that money. A whole bunch of money, like my last label, question mark, they uh, take 25%, which is fair. It's very fair. Some labels take 50% or even 75%. There's a so-called uh, superstar artist, right there, Nigerian superstar artist. When that guy first began, he was only getting 25% of the money or the show money. He was only getting 25%. The label were taking 50 and his manager, the, the, the girl that discovered him was taking 25, left him with 25%, meaning that if he was to do a show, if he was to do, meaning that if he was to do a show and get paid 1 million Naira, he's only going to go home with 250,000. That sucks. You know, some of those deals were really crazy like that, but my deal was 25%. So I just get to give the label 25%. But 
there were some instances where the label does the negotiation for the show and then they come back and then tell you a whole bunch of stories star mega jam star star trek was it star trek i think it was star mega jam i actually played one star mega jam right one massive concert and got nothing from the label and when i told the guys i said hey man how come you haven't paid me they were like nah nah we paid everybody before the show and i was owed that money by the label i went to do a this day um performance and they were trying to put the contract because this day dropped their contract between them and the artist direct they don't do record labels so the contract was between me and this day and the guy was trying to cover the amount i've talked about this in one of my previous episodes you know so much rubbish goes on there was a time i went to mina now this is a crazy story because djt right i was chilling with djt this was before the elbow room video got shot we were just chilling and you know talking about hip-hop and then djt said listen man let's shoot a big video elbow room so the that was the first no we shot it in two we shot it twice you know we did two shoots to to get that one video two shoots the first we did a little bit of hair and there then djt said listen we got to do it properly he wrote down a number of things that i should go buy and i was like okay so i had a show in mina was it mina yeah it was mina i had a show in mina and i went there I can still remember the name of the guy that ran away with the show money. They paid me part of the money, but I was supposed to perform and then get everything. That was when I was still being a very gentle, good man. You know, I trusted people. The guy said, oh, you know what? We'll give you this. I, I jumped on a bus from DJT's crib, his office in Ikeja. I went to Ido Market on a bike. Then I jumped on a bus all the way Cause when I got to Edo, all the, the the cabs and everything they were filled up, and I was like, "What?" And the only way to get to uh, Mina at that time was because I schooled in the north, so I, t- I took a, a a bus to Ilori. Man, this is it's crazy. Then from Ilori, you know, I go another this is another to I think Bida, and then I got Mina from there. Mina is about an hour away from Bida, so I got there and you know I did the show no it wasn't it wasn't me now it was kd this was kd like my memories fail and right, we did the show that was where dinosaur rest in peace dinosaur dinosaur's brother maximum maximum from fourth republic the freestyle general max maximum performed at that show that was a long time ago so maximum danced usher he danced and he rapped he did everything man he mimed <laughs> And I was like, wow, this boy is good. Who's this guy? They told me, ah, that's Dinosaur's brother. I was like, I met Dinosaur and I told him that, listen, your brother, your brother can sing, rap, dance better than you, man. Go look for something else to do. Rest in peace, Dinosaur. He later lost his life a couple of years later. And that was really sad. But in that show, after performing, there was a guy, I think his name was Kudu. It was like, where is Mode 9? All, all the show organizers were like, okay, okay, forming bad guys. That like, Yeah, Mode 9, we have your money. So they were like, where, where's the bag? <laughs> you know what happened? One guy called Kudu 
ran away with all the money. And since that day, if I see anybody with the bear that name Kudu, I get mad. It just reminds me of what that guy did. He pulled a number on us. He pulled a number on us. That was terrible. So yeah, he took the money. Luckily, I didn't spend all the money. I waited. I think they came up with a little bit of the money. But I just like, look, I'm tired of all this BS. I just jumped on a bus. Bus! Back to Lagos. That trip was terrible, though. It was a terrible trip. I've been to some of the seediest places. I've been to some of the seediest places, but trust me, being an artist is, is not easy at all. I'll come back with some more stories. Peace!